0: 2022 is a busy year when it comes to civics, uh, civic politics. New mayors for two of our biggest municipalities, Vancouver and Surrey, as well as a new chair for the Metro Vancouver Board. Uh, In this case, George Harvey was the mayor of Delta. He was on the show of course at three o'clock today. Winning elections uh, of course is one thing. Governing is another. Lots of issues to be debated and discussed this year. I'm sure we'll be covering a lot of it. Joining us now to talk about civic politics here in the Lower Mainland is Francis Bueller, who's a political contributor for the Globe and Mail. Francis,
1: Oh, thanks, Jazz. Always great to be
0: here. Happy New Year to you. I haven't talked to you in a little while. I thought it was time to catch up and and, and get a sense of of what we will be looking at when it comes to issues uh, here uh, in um, the Lower Mainland. Let's start with Vancouver for a second. I know it's very early days in regards to um, Ken Sim and his administration's uh, um, sort of running the city today. They have a majority uh, across um, from Park Board to uh, School Board and um, City Hall. Uh, what do you foresee in regards to the issues that are going to be front and center for Mr. Sim and his slate?
1: Well, the issues that will be front and center are the ones that he promised to handle in a better way than the last council. So that means um, dealing with the whole public disorder, homelessness, uh, you know, random vandalism, petty crime, and and, you know, I'm not saying that it's the same group of people with everything, um, that would be uh, wrong. But uh, there is a sense uh, of people, particularly in certain areas of the city, that you know things are fraying and uh, they promised to do. That was their number one priority, hiring 100 extra police officers, 100 extra uh, psychiatric nurses to work with those police officers on the CAR 87 model. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be the big push and figuring out how to do it because that is a big budget hit and they the number two issues are going to be the budget which they're going to be talking about uh, all through january and maybe even february depending on how things go so um, you know that's really uh I, the, the the big issue and it covers so many things it's like you know chinatown revitalization because in chinatown they feel that they were, have been very impacted by the public disorder. Uh, but it's a particular area that needs, you know, can't have the same kind of solutions as maybe, you know, Carisdale or Kitsilano or something like that. So, so really big, and they didn't promise easy solutions. They didn't say we're going to clear off hastings by, you know, December, um, the way, you um, the NPA did uh, and so on. And these are super complex problems, mm-hmm. like every major city in North America, and particularly cities on the West Coast, are dealing with this. And um, I have to say, I, I see no one succeeding. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I guess that brings me to the second question. I mean, is it too big for any government, particularly a municipal government, to be able to successfully tackle this when you look at the issue of petty crime when you look at the issue of mental health and addiction i mean how much of a role do you how much of an impact do you think a municipal government can actually have on this issue
1: i mean they can they can't pay for it all there's no way uh you know every level of government has to get involved in this um, but a municipality can make a big difference by having a mayor and a council who are very vocal, who are strong leaders, who identify uh, a goal and drive towards it and make sure everyone's kind of herded and, and um, you know, uh, going in the same direction. Uh, they can't solve it by themselves. There's no way. But they can lead the way. And, you know, Vancouver's lucky. There's a, a sympathetic uh NDP government in power there's a sympathetic liberal government in power both of uh, and both of those levels are aware that there's a kind of concern about the way cities are fraying across the country and the level of homelessness and the level of like what seems to be social dysfunction and and you know Uh, people who need help not not getting it
0: Mm -hmm. do you think this council in its early days is up for the the task here and what i mean by that is uh, you have uh, some experience there uh, but you see a lot of newbies there whether it be a school school board whether it be a park board whether it be a city hall as well i know it's very early days how would you describe so far from what you've seen in their ability to deal with the challenges there that are there before them
1: I mean, I think they're in a better position in some ways than some other councils that I've seen sweep into power, like, you know, COPE in 2002, where you ended up with a pretty, completely brand new council and uh, with a mayor who was somewhat at odds with, you know, some of the values of the traditional COPE party party. Um, so uh, in this case, there's three experienced counselors: Sarah Kirby, Young, Lisa Dominato, and Rebecca Bly, who understand a bit better how the you know city functions than newbies. I mean, they're not; they've only been on term each, so they don't know it inside out the way you know some long-term counselors I've known uh, might. But uh, you know, this is not a council that's totally at sea, and I expect those three to really. Um, play a very strong role uh, because they do understand what the uh, the city a little bit, and they understand what the city can and can't do. Uh, So they're not as bad off as some. I'd say the park board is in way more trouble because it is total newbies, total flip around from, you know, who was in charge the past four years and some really difficult problems to handle um, with a, you know, uh, a board where people are paid like twenty thousand dollars a year to sit through endless meetings trying to solve massive social problems, and um, you know, uh, the staff of the park board as opposed to the staff of the whole city. Uh,
0: what are the challenges? I'm curious with park board. Uh, you know, uh, park board sometimes gets too much criticism, but I'm very curious. When I know before the Christmas break, we were talking a lot about uh, the bike lane. Uh, that would be one issue that that can be very uh, you know high. Volume. Volume, but uh, not as controversial as some people may think what what are the sort of the issues do you think that are before them that uh, need that they're going to have challenges with
1: well again it's the social disorder i mean the park board's main job has turned into like trying to keep um, homeless camps from getting out of control and there is a very large one at crab park and uh, anyone who lives in Vancouver, particularly on the east side, knows that there regularly there are tents popping up in various parks. And, and you know, I can't imagine the person power uh, that the park board is having to expend just to try to keep things status quo and make sure the parks don't get um, closed off to, to Uh, regular citizens, because they've essentially turned into homeless camps. So uh, that is their big issue. And then, um, you know, every again, everything flows from that, like they there's a lot of complaints about the lack of maintenance uh, in the parks. uh, And, uh, but again, they're struggling with like, a massive problem that normally a parks department You know, in the past, the Parks Department hasn't had to expend so much energy on it, which is dealing with the fallout from homelessness, uh, you know, um, uh, social disorder and and all the rest of it. Mm
0: -hmm. If you're just joining us, we are speaking to Frances Biel, a political contributor for The Globe and Mail. Uh, she follows civic politics uh, here in the Lower Mainland. We always love having her on to get a sense of what's what uh, many of our major city councils are working on. And we spent a lot of time talking about Vancouver. Uh, let's focus a little bit on surrey uh, i guess uh, francis uh, we are expecting a decision from the solicitor general very soon in regards to the entire surrey rcmp versus surrey police service uh conversation what are your thoughts just overall just seeing surrey and and sort of the high profile debates and conversations they've been having in that community over the last two or three years how do you think what do you think the year looks like when it comes to brenda Locke and and, and what she hopes to accomplish there
1: well i mean it will really depend on the solicitor general's decision um you know if he says if mike farnworth says no we've gone too far down this road and the province itself is thinking of having an independent police force rather than the rcmp so we might as well get going here Um, That was the big thing that she campaigned on. It was her one issue that differentiated her from uh, other candidates uh, who came close, Um, you know, because Gordie Hogue had also challenged Doug McCallum, but he hadn't promised to completely reverse the, um, the Surrey police decision. So that's going to be a very big deal for her uh, mm-hmm. how that decision goes. If, if they agree with her and, and keep the RCMP, she's vindicated, she's won uh, on the big issue she campaigned on. If not, uh, it, it's gonna be a tough thing to recover from and they'll have to figure out like how do they work with that decision.
0: You raise a very good point there that, you know, it's a tough decision. It's not an easy decision for Mike Farnworth. There's, there's one side that says, well, do the easiest thing and go back to the RCMP. That's what Brenda Locke ran on, although she only won by about 900 votes or so. But one could easily argue, as you've said, we are probably eventually going to get to a BC police force for the lower mainland in some capacity. Does that get us a little bit closer? And does that make the decision a little bit easier over the next few years if we go with a Surrey Police Service? So I don't think it's as black and white as, as some, uh, some people think. Now, one of the other issues is Surrey. Um, and through the whole region is is just growth. Uh, we heard from the federal government that by twenty twenty five, we should be welcoming five hundred thousand new Canadians per year. As I've said many times on this show, I remember the nineteen nineties when we used to debate two hundred twenty five thousand immigrants if that was too much. Uh, Brenda Locke was on this show a few weeks ago, and she reminded me that Surrey now grows by about fifteen hundred residents per month, new residents every 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 month, every thirty days. Um, The region itself, how do you think it can cope or is there a way to have a coherent housing policy? Do you think where where we can finally start building in a coherent way? Some cities do it better than others. Vancouver would be better than others and, and, and vice versa. How do you think what Mr. Eby wants to do moving forward in regards to housing will sort of play out for the region?
1: Well, that's going to be another really fascinating issue because he's signaled very, very clearly that he expects all municipalities to be um, taking on their share of new housing. <clears throat> and uh, there's a new housing act uh, that is specifically uh, focuses on that. So, uh you know, places like Vancouver, Surrey, Coquitlam, Richmond, I would say, Burnaby, they don't have to worry too much because they've been building a lot. Like I did a, I did a look at um, what those cities have said they need and what they're building. And for the most part, they're exceeding their targets. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Uh, the ones that haven't exceeded their targets, the sort of the district of North Vancouver, uh, West Vancouver, Port Moody, uh, maybe, you know, White Rock, um, uh, you know, um, uh, Port Coquitlam, places like that, whether there'll be a bit more pressure. Uh, You raise a good point. There isn't like a, to to my knowledge, there hasn't been a really good public discussion among the mayors about how are we going to all do our part here. I certainly get the impression from the mayors, they talk about it privately, you know, Richard Stewart, you know, sort of, jab some of his colleagues sometimes about, you know, why don't you do a bit more? Yes. <laughs> <I know that. laughs> uh, so, but they haven't really had a big public discussion about how are we all going to reach a regional goal to absorb these people? Like People have been willing to sort of let the heavy hitters take on a lot of the load uh and sit back and kind of go well everyone wants to move to vancouver anyway so we don't have to do anything um so that could be an interesting discussion and especially you mentioned george harvey
0: yeah
1: who's going to be the chair of metro vancouver well metro vancouver has a new plan a new 30-year plan and part of it involves housing targets uh, and, um, that could be the, the, the occasion for that, cause that needs to get passed and he's going to have to be out selling that mm-hmm. uh, plan to different parts of the region. So I think we're going to see some interesting conversations at various councils about, are we doing enough or, uh, we don't care if we're not doing enough. They can all go, you know, whatever, <laughs> everyone <laughs> can take a flying leap. We're, we're happy the way we are. Yeah. Uh, so that could be a, an interesting discussion over the next four years, for sure.
0: I think I think you're absolutely right. There are some suburbs who prefer to remain sleepy, and uh, I think they're going to have to be coaxed a little bit. So it'll be very interesting how that all transpires. Francis, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you, and I'm looking forward to 2023, and I'm sure we're both going to be surprised at a few times. <laughs>